It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. When I became pregnant with my second child, I really, really wanted to nurse again. I felt like I was totally robbed of the experience my first time. Um, I didn't know if it was because of me or if it was because of my son. I just assumed that it was because of him. I was dying and desperate to nurse, but I didn't do anything different before. I didn't take any prenatal breastfeeding courses. I didn't take, and mind you, just to backtrack, I did take a, a prenatal birthing class with my son, but nowhere in that course did she say anything that I should get breastfeeding help before. They didn't, she didn't mention that at all. Giving birth is one of the most significant events of your life. Sadly, the joy that you should feel can often be replaced with anxiety and helplessness instead. As a labor and delivery nurse, I'm revealing insider information to educate you, reassure you, and decrease your fear. In this podcast, you'll hear empowering birth stories and experts weigh in on a range of topics. Being Jewish also has me exploring Judaism's influence on the reproductive experience. However, I speak to anyone wishing to navigate their journey with more joy and confidence. I'm your host, Hani Fingerer, and you're listening to the Happy Birthway Podcast. Welcome to the 28th episode of the Happy Birthway Podcast being released tonight on the seventh night of Hanukkah. For all of you celebrating Hanukkah, a Freilich and Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. I hope it's been wonderful. Tomorrow night is going to be the last night of Hanukkah, Zos Hanukkah, the eighth night of Hanukkah, which is a truly significant, special night of Hanukkah. Every single night of Hanukkah is a special time to daven, to pray by the candles, and especially the eighth night, the number eight in Judaism has very strong significance. Um, it is symbolic to that which is above nature, that which is essentially extraterrestrial. Hashem, God, created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. So we have seven days in a week in the world that we live in. However, day eight is something that is what we call the Malam and Hateva outside of nature. So it is an especially important night to daven for having children. If one is trying to conceive, it is also a very special night to daven for Parnassa, for sustenance, and for many other things. So tomorrow, after you light all eight candles, Take that extra special time to sit by the candles to savor the very, very last moments of Hanukkah and let it take you through the entire year. I also wanted to thank all of you so much because at this time of recording, we have well over 22,000 downloads of the Happy Birthway podcast. And that could not have been possible if not for all of the ratings and reviews and all of you who subscribed and followed. And most importantly, this is the most significant to me shared, like firsthand, just told your friend, hey, I heard about this great podcast. You are going to have a baby. And I think that it 
it would really benefit you. Thank you so much to those of you who have done all of these things. And please, I would like to make a request of you to share this episode or another episode that you so very much love with just one other person whom you think might benefit. And April time, April 11th to be exact, is going to be the one year anniversary of this podcast. And I'm setting a goal for myself. I would like to reach 50,000 downloads by then. I don't know. Am I crazy? I don't think I'm crazy. I know it's more than double of what we have now, but I think that the more of you who find out about this and continue to share it, I think that we can do it. Maybe we can do even more than that. So I will let you guys know how that does. Um, But please, please help me make it happen. So this is going to be part two of our interview with Tamari Jacobs about her journey in how she so desperately wanted to breastfeed her first baby, but unfortunately it did not work out. And to hear all of the details, listen to the prior episode to this, episode 27. And here we are going to continue her story. We left off where she was doing something called exclusive pumping and she did not know any anyone else that was doing that where she could not breastfeed her baby directly from the source but also wanted to provide her baby with breast milk. I want to go back to that really important point that you said about the lactation consultant being expensive and her telling you to buy certain accessories. Could we just mention the fact that people should not believe the false narrative of breastfeeding is cheaper. Yes, in certain cases it is, but you have to know that if you're going to commit to giving your baby breast milk, it's not necessarily going to be so at all. Maybe it'll even be more expensive than formula, plus breastfeeding is time, and time is has a cost too. So I just want to emphasize that so people don't come in with this wrong expectation that they're going to be breastfeeding because it's going to be cheaper. No, you need to commit to breastfeeding for other reasons, not for the cheap factor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, it's different because like with formula, you know, you're spending like $50 a week on a big can and like that is what you're spending with exclusive pumping or even uh, nursing. It comes differently because it comes in waves. It'll be like, okay, right now uh, my baby is born. I don't need anything. I'm just I'm nursing and it's working great and fine then maybe it's not working great. And then maybe you have to invest in a pump and then you have to invest in a different phalange or breast shield size. And then you have to invest in a different pacifier. So these are different kinds of expenses. Um, with exclusive pumping, I say it's probably more expensive than than formula feeding with your first child. But your second child, it actually probably does come cheaper because you already have everything. However, listen, you never know. Like with my second child, I ended up having to give her, I had to try five different bottle types before I figured it out. So don't go into exactly like you said with that mindset, but it is a different kind of cost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I also want to address the fact that you said you were the only exclusive pumper that you knew of. I can only imagine how isolating that was because you already felt like a failure, so to speak, which you were not. You were amazing. Yes. No, I did feel like that. I did feel like that. Yeah. And then on top of it, no one else is doing this around you. And did you get weird reactions from people? So no one... I literally have never never heard of anyone, anyone exclusive pumping. I had a baby the same time that a bunch of my friends had babies. They were all nursing totally fine. And it was really, really difficult because, you know, people would be like, oh, so 
you're breastfeeding? And I would say, I'm pumping. And they would say, oh, why, why don't you just nurse? And like, I'm not, you know, if they were my best friends, fine. And they already knew what I had went through, even though I wasn't really 100% comfortable maybe speaking, you know, fully even to my best friends because they were easily nursing and I struggled so much and I, I felt stupid talking about how much of a hard time that I had and why was I having a hard time? Was it my fault? Was it my baby's fault? Who knew? I didn't know, you know, hindsight, it was no one's fault. It was just the way it went down. But I had a really, really hard time talking to anyone. I was seeing a therapist at the time who I ended up, you know, talking about all this through, but she hadn't had a baby yet. She was pregnant, but she hadn't had a baby. So she didn't know what I was going through either. And there was not one person in the entire world that I could talk to that understood what I was going through. And it was incredibly, incredibly isolating, really, really difficult. And I think that was the hardest time, you know, almost maybe it was harder than even not being able to nurse was the after fact of, being the only one that I knew that was pumping. So it was really, really hard. And that took a turn when I found these two Facebook moms groups called Exclusively Pumping Moms and Exclusive Pumping, something something like that, um, in which and I don't necessarily promote moms Facebook groups for a different reason because it's a whole bunch of moms giving a whole bunch of unsolicited advice and a lot of it isn't true. However, those groups at the time saved me because it was 43,000 other moms who at one point or currently were going through the same thing. So at the time, that absolutely saved me to hear and to be able to connect with other people who struggled the way that I did. Wow. So it definitely, definitely touched me. And now, like, not to get too much into the mom's Facebook groups, looking back... I wish so badly that I had been able to find me, meaning I wish that I had been able to find a lactation counselor specializing in exclusive pumping because I think it would have completely changed everything. Um, I don't believe it existed back then because even right now I can only name four or five people total who specialize in exclusive pumping. So I don't think that that back then they even existed. Um, but it would have saved me a lot to just be able to have someone to be like, here is the schedule you should do. Here's how to work your pump. Let's size your phalanges here to increase your supply or decrease your supply or maintain your supply just to have professional advice from someone. And I didn't have that, but you know, this all is the reason why I created my one with the pump account. You became you because you didn't have you. Exactly. And honestly, like, I think that that's why a lot of people create, whether it's a product or a service, is because they can't find it. You'll hear that from a lot of lactation um, consultants. You'll hear that from sleep trainers. You'll hear that from, you know, everyone that that creates something. Think about everything. Everyone on Shark Tank says, I needed this and I couldn't find it, so I created it. This is where beautiful ideas are born is when something is lacking. And that's why looking back... I couldn't, I don't want to say I couldn't be happier that I went through it, but I am grateful that I went through it because had I known that I was going through that to then be able to create this, I would have gone through it. So it did work out, but at the time, I didn't feel that way, of course. Yeah. So that's amazing because you took your struggles and you transformed them into something positive. You self-actualized through them by doing what you do and helping so many other mothers, both exclusive pumpers and not. Those like 
like me who would have so much benefited from like knowing how to work my pump better so that I can be more efficient and pump a larger amount of milk in a in a shorter amount of time and know how to work my pump I had the spectra you do all these cool I don't know settings that like completely confuse me because I'm not in the in that uh phase of life anymore but I I think that I think that it's so important for any mother that is going to be away from her baby and wants to pump I'm very happy to be able to be where I am and be able to be in the right mental headspace to be able to help which I want to talk a little bit about um, Molly, my second child, and how that kind of went down, because basically I ended up pumping for ten months with Svi, I who was my oldest. It went fine. I won't say that the experience was amazing. It was fine. I ended up basically having enough milk. I had a lot of dips, so at times I was an undersupplier, which means that I wasn't making enough milk. And then I ended up having to give formula. So like I said, I really know a lot of what was going on. I ended up weaning at 10 months because I just said, I have had enough. I literally cannot do this for one more day. Power to you. Yeah, I was like, this is like, I was starting a new job at the Board of Education. For those of you who are a teacher, or work at the Board of Education. It's just a new job. I was just like, I, this is not something that I can have in my head right now. I ended up weaning. I gave formula for two months and it was perfect, great. We moved on. Um, when I became pregnant with my second child, I really, really wanted to nurse again. I felt like I was totally robbed of the experience my first time. Um, I didn't know if it was because of me or if it was because of my son, I just assumed that it was because of him because going into it, I was dying and desperate to nurse, but I didn't do anything different before. I didn't take any prenatal breastfeeding courses. I didn't take, and mind you, just to backtrack, I did take a a prenatal birthing class with my son, but nowhere in that course did she say anything that I should get breastfeeding help before. They didn't, she didn't mention that at all. And I think that that should be a staple of any breastfeeding course, because Connie, I know that you um, offer that, and I know that you help moms, you know, while they're pregnant, is that I'm sure that you tell your moms that they absolutely should get breastfeeding help before, right? Yeah, like we had spoken about previously, you want to vibe with every provider that you have. And I think it's so great to meet with a lactation consultant and to see if it would be a match, kind of like a meet and greet. And if you're not getting a good vibe, you know, then then find someone else so that, yes, when you after you have a baby, it's so chaotic. It's so crazy. And to just know, have the peace of mind to know that you have this lactation consultant that you've made contact with that you can easily call to get help. I think that in and of itself is so it's it's it just takes off a certain uh, piece of stress out of the whole postpartum experience. Exactly. Exactly. And I still didn't know that. Right. I still had no idea about that because I don't know if I didn't learn from my mistakes or I didn't even know what the mistakes were to fix. That's really what it came down to is that I didn't know how one thing led to the next. So I didn't know what to change. So I was dying and desperate to nurse my second child and I didn't do anything different. So in the hospital, again, Molly was born. I tried to latch her, same business as usual. Lactation consultants in the hospital came in, um, let me know that if I didn't use a nipple shield, there was absolutely no way that I was ever going to be able to breastfeed. And I was like, no, I don't wanna use a nipple shield. I'd rather not do anything. 
you know, same business as usual. But the difference this time is that Molly was born in March of 2020, right before the entire <laughs> world shut down because of the pandemic. So I... Now, now it's super easy to get virtual help, but at the start of the pandemic, we weren't doing Zoom yet because no one knew what was happening. She was born in the beginning of March. So I came home, I left the hospital as the first case of COVID entered the New, entered New Jersey, entered the hospital. Um, we like crossed paths. I came home and again, I had no idea what I was doing and I couldn't invite anyone to my house and I there was no such thing as a virtual consult yet. So there I was again with no opportunities, no way to fix it, nothing to do. No support. And no support, nothing there. So I was trying to nurse her and I was sitting with my mom and she was screaming as I'm trying to nurse her and I could feel the PTSD crawling up my spine. Me sitting there with my mom looking at me, you know, really trying to help me. My mom, my mom has no breastfeeding experience, but she, she's just one of those all around good at everything kind of people. And we were just trying to figure it out together. And I'm sitting there in the rocking chair trying to make it work and it just wasn't working. And I looked at her and I said, I cannot do this again. I cannot put myself through this experience one more time. I just cannot. And I chose to exclusively pump from like day three. And I definitely felt guilty. Like I remember I put away my nursing pillow and my husband was like, oh, you're like, you're really like, you're putting it away, like for real. And I like felt, he didn't even realize, cause we all know like when men say things, they don't realize like the, you know, enormity of what it is. And like, I felt like a little stab in my heart and I was like, I, I can't do this. Like, I just can't do this. Um, so I didn't, and I put it away. And this time I was way more well-versed, way more like I knew what to do. I knew right away when to start pumping, how to use my pump right away. And I ended up so successful. I mean, what makes success? I was pumping 90 ounces in 24 hours, which is an insane amount. To me, that is success, but more what was successful is that I felt in control. I was making milk, I knew what I was doing, I knew what phalanges to use, I wasn't in pain, um, I was able to use my pump, I felt like I was in control of the situation, and to me, that was successful. Okay, can we just stop right now? How much yes. is 90 ounces? Is that like a gallon? <laughs> it is more than a, it is, it is a lot of milk. I, oh I And I didn't expect it because with my son, my first son, I only made 25 ounces, which I don't mean to say only for some people that's a ton, but I made 25 ounces a day. So that's what I was expecting from my second. So suddenly I'm pumping and the bottles are filling up and all of a sudden I had to change from my five ounce Spectra bottles to my 10 ounce bottles. And I was like, what is happening? And I just kept seeing the ounce amounts going up and going up. And the truth is, is that I had what's called a large storage capacity for milk, but because I had no idea what I was doing with my son and I wasn't pumping in any rhyme or reason, I wasn't making the amount that I, I wasn't fulfilling my milk potential, if you will. <laughs> I and, love that. You know, I wasn't fulfilling my milk potential. And while when I was pumping with Molly, I knew what I was doing and I was fully exuding all, you know, everything that I was doing. And I, and I was able to, you know, get gain and, and get everything that I needed. And I ended up making an insane amount of milk. And I was just really proud of myself because I felt like I had made this choice and the choice was successful for me. And I, you found peace. Just, I found peace. I found peace in pumping, let me say, because I'll talk about the peace with nursing, but I found peace in pumping because I had made the choice and I was successful with it. 
Yeah. So I definitely had peace with that. By the way, just thinking back to this 90 ounces, because I'm still processing this. Yeah, it's Trying to wrap my head around. I've heard of people who, like, who pumped. And I've heard of people who are breastfeeding also and then pumping together with that, where they were able to stop pumping earlier on because they had such a huge store of breast milk that they knew would last them through however long they wanted to give their baby um, exclusive breast milk. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't say these things often because I really want people to know that however much breast milk you're making is amazing. But I pumped for Molly until she was seven months and I fed her breast milk until she was 16 months. I feel like you were still feeding her breast milk after you had your last baby. So I finished her last bag of breast milk when I was 41 weeks pregnant with my second. It was insane. And you know what? This is not normal. And this is not something that anyone should think is a goal. But it just shows you the power of knowledge. It shows you the power of understanding. It shows you the power of what can happen when you have knowledge and have education early. Yeah. So when a mom reaches out to me and she says, um, I'm one week or three days postpartum, I am so excited because that means there's so much potential. There's so much that we can work with. There's so much that we can do. When a mom comes to me and she's four months or five months postpartum, I'm just as excited to help. But the truth of the matter is, is that there's not, there's, it's more work for her and there's less that can be done. And it, that's just how it is. There's nothing that I can do about it. I, you know, they'll say, am I hopeless? You're never hopeless until you're weaned. There's always more that can be done. But the truth is that the earlier you get help, the more that can be done. So I get like so excited when a mom is either prenatal or within the first 12 weeks, for sh- like within the first month for sure. But within the first 12 weeks, I get super like giddy on my feet. Like, let's get to it. Let's make this happen. So I think it's really, really important. And like, I cannot stress this enough, and I say this for every single mom, and this has nothing to do with me or you or whoever it is that you're coming towards. You need, if you want to be successful in either pumping or nursing, and I definitely want to get into the nursing part of my journey after this, but you must, must, must get support early as possible. You know, we look at, I'm going to just touch quickly on the fact that like lactation consultants are not cheap. They're not. And the ones that are really cheap, I'm not going to say that they're not good, but that means that they're probably less experienced because I charge a quarter of the amount that I currently charge for my my first client didn't even know that she was my first client. And I charged (laughs) nothing. I charged nothing to her. And it's because I didn't know as much. My clients who I currently who pay a lot more for me now are getting so much more out of me than they even know. They're getting experience they're getting knowledge and you know if you want to invest in yourself i'm not saying you have to go for the most expensive person but you want to go for the most experienced and i don't care to get backlash from people i love backlash i don't care i i thrive on this i thrive on people coming at me it makes no difference for me because my goal is to have a mom get what she needs so when people ask me I am, I am a CLC, I am a certified lactation consultant. When someone is looking for nursing, I say, please find yourself an IBCLC, which is an international board certified lactation consultant, which I am not. I do not do latching, I don't specialize in latching because I am not the best person for the job. And Khani, I'm sure you know people that like will 
give advice on things that maybe they're not well versed on. Don't even get me started. Right. Like it's okay to say that you're not good at it. So I will, I will not take on clients if I don't think that I'm the best person for the job. So if you're looking for someone, if you're looking for help exclusively pumping, I think you should come my way or you should find one of the other few people who give virtual, um, you know, consults for pumping. And if you're looking for nursing, you need to find someone who professionally does this. And that is basically the only way that you will be successful. Oh, preach, girlfriend. And this go this applies to every kind of provider. Yes. If you're using an obstetric provider that goes beyond their scope, it's the ones that actually say this is beyond my abilities, beyond my scope, I'm going to refer you to a specialist or someone who can address this better. Those are the ones that you want to use. They're trustworthy. If someone can say, they know their limitations. I am not, I am, this is not my area of expertise. Please find someone else. That means that you can trust them. That means that they're not BSing. And that means that I remember someone once, it was someone once asked me like a question and she's like, oh, I want to book a session with you on this. And she was like ready to give me her money. And I was like, you know what? this is I'm not the best person for this I'm really just not Uh, she was asking me about gas and her baby and I have information on gassy babies but I am not the expert on gassy babies and I said you know what I appreciate you wanting to book a session but I'm just not the right person for this and I don't need to take your money for nothing there's no reason for it and I referred her to someone else and my goal is to get moms the information that they need. It's not, obviously, listen, I'm running a business. I'm not here to give out free information. I'm not here to, you know, coat everything in sugar. I, I'm not about that. I am running a business and I don't give out free information and all that. However, I, I my just want to stop you there and yes. say you do give out a lot of very generously a lot of free valuable information but you know not not all of it you're not doing the one-to-one and your classes that are so much more thorough you're not giving them out for free but on your page and even right on here you're giving out a very generous amount of information thank you thank you actually yes i will correct that i appreciate that i give out tons of free information on my instagram and facebook page about general things but when it comes to one-to-one so if anyone sends me a message that says me or i the answer is you need to book a session if something is general i'll say you can find this post you can find this highlight um but anything general i won't give so thank you yeah that is correct i do <laughs> but yeah give yourself anything some comes, credit oh my you. gosh like, you know what you know what you're right i do give out a lot of information but anything in and you know what it's not it's not because it's not because i don't I just be, it's because I want the business and this, that. I do want the business, but it's because how am I supposed to give you information if I don't know what what kind of delivery you had? If I don't know what your goals are, if I don't know, um, you know, if you've nursed or pumped before, how am I supposed to give you information in a in, in, in a text, in a message? How am I supposed to do that? That doesn't make, it's not even fair to you. Yeah, it's so individual. It's so individual. There's so many different factors that you have to I'm know. I'm sure, Hani, you'll find that if someone asks you a question about like their pregnancy, they're like, oh, this. And you're like, okay, is this your first pregnancy? What, you know, this so Oh, forget it. I'm, they're like, so my OB, so last pregnancy, this happened. And fast forward three years later, I'm pregnant again. And I'm wondering, <laughs> I have this like belly button hernia. And the doctor said that there's nothing to do for it. But then my cousin's aunt said that they did this special procedure. <laughs> And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I will try to maybe talk about some topics as in, in general on my stories, on my feed. But yes, I'm, I can't give out that 
that individualized free information. It's too time consuming and I want to maximize my time to serve a, a, a greater amount of people. So exactly. giving general exactly. education and then whatever other time is the time that you you have to earn money for because it, it's not free and you want to put your best foot forward and you're not going to put your best foot forward if you're not getting compensated for it. Exactly. So I think it's really basically the whole this whole thing was to come down to it is that it's really important that if you think that if you find breastfeeding, whether that's pumping or nursing to be something that you want, you need to invest in yourself. And especially now. So I want to get a a little bit into the nursing portion of, um, you know, what, what did I do differently? What did what changed in this particular time. So I had Molly. I ended up pumping till I was, um, I think, seven months postpartum. I had a huge it's freezer crazy. stash. You had two pandemic babies, not just I one. I had two pandemic babies. Oh, my God. I had wow. two pandemic babies. <laughs> um, you know, but, but, but I think the biggest thing is that I, finishing with Molly, I felt so good about myself. You know, I, I didn't nurse, and, and I talk about this on my page, that I still felt that there was a little bit of a hole in my heart, um, that I didn't get that, but... I was so overflowing with, I was, I was so proud of myself for doing this because when Molly was three months, I was on the way to, to the pediatrician. I had sent my friends a voice note and I was like, you know, I have all this amazing knowledge. Like, should I like make an Instagram account? Should I like make an Instagram account and, and do this and be one of these gals who have an Instagram account and put everything in one place? Because I had like all my friends constantly sending me messages, asking me, and I just was spending like all my day like answering people. And I was like, maybe I should like put some information on there so I could just say, you know, here's not in ever, ever in the intention of like making money off of it. But I said, let me just put everything here so that all the information is here and everyone has it. Um, so I ended up making it like I made it that that night and I was like so embarrassed. I would like wake up in like a cold sweat because I was like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? I can't believe I'm doing this. I was I was so embarrassed that I did it. And I'm a very confident person. I, I, I was like, the same way as you. And I'm confident, too. <laughs> we get desensitized, though. I put myself out there these days like total. Oh, now? Like, I can't even imagine that I was scared to talk to myself on the on the phone because I'm so good at it now. Um, and I, it's so, it feels so natural. I think that's not good. at it. I feel so natural talking about it and talking to myself and talking to my story about the embarrassing stuff that I'm putting out yeah like I used to be like oh my god like I can't story in front of anyone like even when my husband would come downstairs I never wanted to see me now I'm like please like I do it in front of anyone anytime I still can't make reels in front of other people it's just so super awkward especially the lip syncing (laughs) yeah listen like we all have our things and that's cool (laughs) but um I I think it's really yeah so I ended up making this account and then it it started taking off and then when did you train to become a CLC? So I made the account in, um, I think I made it in June. And then two months later, I was hanging out with my mom and I was like, should I become a lactation consultant, lactation counselor? Like, should I look into like having some sort of credentials? And I only wanted to do it because I figured like, why not like have some credentials so that I could um, a give better advice to people? Um, that's really the biggest thing is that I can give better advice to people, and b so that you know I could just have a letter letter behind my name so that if I wanted to start giving consults, people will take me seriously. Um, so I looked into it. It wasn't like so expensive. Um, it wasn't so time consuming. I was all for the summer, and I was like, you know what? Let me just do it. And it all just like ended up coming into each other. But I remember when I was taking this, I told my mom, like, 
this is making me very, very, very nervous because I don't want, I don't think that I'll be able to teach someone how to nurse, but I couldn't even nurse myself. How That doesn't seem authentic to me. How am I supposed to teach someone to nurse when the word nursing gives me anxiety? When the topic of nursing, when I am so triggered looking at someone who is nursing, how am I supposed to help someone? And it was funny because sometimes the answer is right in front of you. And my mom goes, so you won't help people nurse. Mm. You'll just help people pump. And I was like, what? What? Like, I can have a lactation counselor credential and not use it for something that causes me anxiety? You mean I could use it for something that I'm amazing at? And it was just like, you know, sometimes like the answer is right in front of your face and you don't even realize it. So I ended up, and, and that was my thing. And I, and till today, I always say on my page, I am a lactation counselor specializing in exclusive pumping. I help pumping, exclusive pumping and nursing moms in every single capacity except for latching. I don't do latching. I don't do position. The direct from the source part, right? The direct from the source part. I don't do do it. You do like at the distribution level. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Yes. I do at the distribution level. Exactly. And it's, you know, and and now that I'm nursing, now that I was able to end up nursing, I think, you know, it gives me even more depth and more understanding to how to help nursing moms who, let's Mm. say, are navigating the pumping and nursing life or are navigating the nursing life because I can help with everything with nursing regarding, let's say, supplies, schedules, um, you know, balancing everything else, I just won't help you with your latch. So if we have a consult, I'll like I'll start off being like, you know, are you working with another IBCLC? Um, because mm. you must work with another IBCLC on the latch. I can give you a referral. I absolutely have amazing referrals for people who are virtual um, that I can give. And just like as a disclaimer, I personally did a virtual um, a virtual consult for Judah, my son, who I'm now nursing, and it was the only reason why I was able to. And I actually mm. found it to be more helpful because instead of having a lactation consultant come to me and um, hold on, we have Judah joining us here on the oh, podcast. Hello, Judah. <laughs> I guess Hopefully we won't cry. I guess right? he's uh, he's telling us that you know that we have to wrap <laughs> that we're up chatting right? too much. <laughs> yes, and he wants the attention on him. He wants to hear exactly, like you know his right? story. Yeah. Oh, he's so cute. Um, right. So, yeah, just saying that a virtual lactation consultant, a virtual lactation consult is great. So, anyways, let's go. Let's let's get into the nursing part. So, I yeah. So, what changed with Judah that you felt that you were able to establish breastfeeding along with the pumping? So, the biggest thing that I would say, and I literally can say it in one sentence, the reason why I was able to nurse Judah and I wasn't able to nurse my other children, and the answer is education. I had the knowledge of what to do from day one. Number one, I had a lactation consultant scheduled for the day I came home from the hospital. That's number one. So you want to do that the day after? Fine. She was already scheduled. Number two, I knew what certain positions meant. I knew that the baby is supposed to be facing me. I knew that the baby's head is supposed to be facing me. I um, 
you know, I, I knew what he was supposed to look like. I knew what his body was supposed to look like, look, was supposed to look like, and what my body was supposed to look like. I knew how to listen for sounds of swallowing. I knew how to notice if whether or not he was getting milk. I knew how to see whether or not he seemed satisfied. I knew how to catch on to hunger cues before he was ravenous, because a ravenous baby is incredibly difficult to latch. A hangry baby. Baby, yeah. A hangry baby. Let's think about hangry adults. We are out of control. So I knew to get him on the breast 15 to 20 minutes before it was time to feed so that he wasn't pissed and he was much more likely able to get on. And all of these together are the reason why I was able to successfully and currently nurse my son. That's amazing. And I also want to add that do you believe, and I, I mean, I see this and I know this, but I'm curious if you experience this for yourself. Every pregnancy is different. Every birth is different. Every postpartum experience is different for the same mother from with each of her children. And I do see that some babies, you know, they'll have a tongue tie or whatever it is that it's just more difficult for them to latch for a hundred different reasons than other babies. Um, so one of the other factors is is the baby, right? Troubleshooting the baby. And if there are issues with the baby that make it hard to latch, then it's just not going to work even, you know, unless you. Oh, for sure. It. For sure. So do you feel that Judah was different than Svi or Maui in terms of him being able to latch better? Yes. So thank you for bringing that up, because I do want someone to know that even with all the education, it is 100% possible that your baby will still not latch, right? Just for me, this is what I needed. However, Judah came out of me, was placed on my chest, and the first thing I said was, oh my God, look at his mouth, it's huge. It was the first thing that I said about him. He has amazing lips and an amazing mouth for breastfeeding. <laughs> That's just the truth. He latched on within a second. And there's no question that maybe had Svi had the same, and it's funny because they look exactly alike, my two boys, but I guess they don't have the same mouth. Um, had maybe had Svi had the same anatomy, maybe things would have been different. However, I do think that it does come down to the baby, but between the baby and my knowledge, the two of us were able to work together. Now, I do want to add on that I am nursing with a nipple shield. I don't want to forget to say that because, um, and it, it, it would have, it probably is and would have been possible for me to get off of it. However, I'm a human and the anxiety that I still had about not, about taking the shield off and him not wanting to nurse was like, you know, that's a whole other 30 minute conversation that we're not going to get into right now. <laughs> um, you know, but, but I chose to nurse with a shield rather than taking the chance of him not nursing. So, um, you, everyone has to do what, hello, right? Everyone, and he agrees. Everyone has to do what works for them. Um, what it really comes down to is please get the education that works for you because I had so many different, and support. um, yes, I had so many different breastfeeding journeys because of the different support that I was able to get. And now I want to be able to pay that forward and give it to mom so that honestly, no one should have to ever go through what I went through with my first son. So what made you, like when you came into his birth, I'm sure that you were probably in your head saying, okay, I'm not even going to try to do the latch thing. I'm just going to go straight to pumping. What made you be okay with latching him? Is it because some babies come out rooting, like literally they come out and they're rooting and they're looking for something to suck on. So like what, what made you decide to 
splash him this time. So you're actually going to laugh at this one. I definitely said that I was exclusively pumping. In the hospital, I pumped and I gave him formula. I couldn't even latch him on. My anxiety was so high about it. I, I just couldn't even deal with it. And then um, I got home and I don't know why, for some reason, I decided to latch him. And he was doing an amazing job. And I looked <laughs> at my mom and my mom was there and I said, Oh, crap. <laughs> I said, uh, he is nursing so well. That means that, like, how could I not look into this? How could I not try to do this? He's doing such a good job. How could I just dismiss this? And it was such was, a complete shift of mindset for you. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was so hard for me because I thought I was just going to exclusively pump and do this all over again. And my brand, I'm one with the pump. How am I going to It's like a full identity different? shift too, right? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I was fully nursing without even addressing it on my page because I didn't even believe it. I didn't even know how to say it. And, and you know, the, the, the lactation consultant that I work with ended up telling me, she's like, Tamari, you owe this to yourself. Yes. You owe this to yourself to fully invest in, in nursing and to be transparent with your followers like you always are and to just fully, 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 fully get into it. And yeah, embrace it. it. And I think it's so encouraging for moms to see that with some babies, they may have to exclusively pump, but it doesn't have to be like that for every baby. Exactly. And, and you know, a lot of moms reach out to me and they tell me that I give them so much hope because... I couldn't do it with my first, I couldn't do it with my second, and I got it with my third, which means that you don't have to give up. I work with moms who are on their fourth or fifth baby. Like, the hole in my heart that I had from not being able to nurse has finally been mended. And it Come was worth circle. doing it. It's It's been worth it. And people, some people would think like, oh, is it worth even trying with your third? Like, I feel so much more complete with my third. And I'm so happy that I took the time and the effort and the energy to try to make it happen because I feel like a full breastfeeding journey champion, yeah. you know, that I really was able to just do every single one. And for those of you who will maybe or never be able to do it, there's no words of comfort other than I see you, I feel you, I understand your pain because until I was able to do this, I felt the same way. Um, just take peace in knowing that you're not alone and find accounts and find people that you can relate to. Yeah, and power you know? to exclusive pumpers. I mean, such mad respect because it takes longer than breastfeeding and formula feeding. Like you're doing Absolutely. it all in one and it's not pleasant to pump. I mean, breastfeeding is nice and snuggly and you have the nice hormones and everything and you're holding your sweet baby. Pumping's not like that. Like pumping is really unpleasant for most people. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely just on that, I definitely see, I definitely see both. Like I, I right now I'm getting the best of both worlds because I nurse and then I pump sometimes and like sometimes I'm just like I just want to pump and like not think about this when he's not in like the mood of being a good nurser but yeah in the middle of the night it was so much easier to just stick him on me and like that whole like can't you just stick him on you it's true it is a lot easier I'll never say that to someone because I understand that not everyone can do it but it is and and exclusive pumpers need to understand that like you really deserve all the credit in the world because we put our babies first, we put us first, we put everything about us second to make, to give our babies breast milk. And that's just the most important thing ever. Yeah, it's amazing. Did you get any hate messages from people I, when you <laughs> revealed that you were nursing too? I have to tell you, I have actually like only one time ever got a hate message about anything. 
um, which I, I which is like amazing. And I'm sure now maybe I'll get an influx of trolls. No, I'm kidding. I really just like I'm thankful that I don't get a lot. Um, or maybe I get ones that peop other people would find to be hate messages and like I just don't care so they don't seem as bad to me. Um, I was 1000% supported by my community. Specifically, my exclusive pumping clients reached out to me to tell me how happy they were for me because they know the feeling of not being able to nurse when they want to. And they're so happy for me that I get to experience this journey. And it was so emotional. And it, the whole thing was just so beautiful. And it's just come so full circle for me. Yeah, because as someone who actually struggled, they, I think, can appreciate even more so. They see how they saw how you struggled with the isolation and with figuring things out. And then you had like your you know, your nice story, you came full circle. So your healing uh, experience, whatever you want to call it. So that's really beautiful. So Tamari, can you please tell our audience how they can reach you? Yes. So if you are looking for either help with exclusive pumping, if you're looking, if you're a nursing mom looking for some help with pumping or everything like that, you can find everything that you need on my website, onewiththepump.com. There you can schedule a consult. There you have access to my teachable page where you'll find tons of my classes. Um, the best place to locate me is actually my Instagram because I post lots of fun stories. I have a lot. Tons of free knowledge. <laughs> I Tons of free knowledge, but besides for that, the best thing that I hear, and I hear it at least once a day, no joke, is people who will reach out to me and say, Tamari, I do not pump. I do not nurse, but I follow you because I love your content and you're so totally. relatable and you're so funny. And I love that because my page is not just a breastfeeding page. My page is a mom, life. mom page. It's mom life. It's but mom like life. real I, mom life. Like real mom not life. Not like, like newborn like, photography yeah. sessions and a stunning nursery yeah. and like where you got your crib from. <laughs> no, like, oh my God, look at my house mom life. So oh, yeah. I definitely am branded as a um, pumping mom because my page is a business page. However, I throw a lot of stuff in there so definitely come on over at one with the pump on instagram i have a facebook page come check out my um my website and honestly if you need a consult but also if you just need to talk to someone who understands it that is something that i do too if you just need a like a little therapy session for someone who understands what you're going through i do that all the time as well and i get you and please come on over if you need some help yeah, and you have some really, really great courses there. So if someone doesn't have the funds to have a one-to-one -one consult, you have some really affordable courses with tons of information. Um, I watched one of them, and they were great. So um, that's you. also great for people to know. And I will put all of that information in the show notes as well. And uh, would you like to leave us with any closing remarks? And if you can't think of a closing remark, I'm going to reiterate a closing remark on your behalf. Well, I want to hear what you have to say also, but I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for having me. I'm so happy that we're finally able to do this. I wanted to do this for a while. Um, the biggest thing that I want to leave off as is whatever your breastfeeding journey, whether you're pumping or you're nursing or you're formula feeding or whatever it is. And I know it's like a really, you hear it all the time and it's cheesy, but like really just be proud of who you are, what you're doing, right? Judah, just be proud of yourself. You know, being a mom is really, really, really hard and just find people who make you happy. Those are the people that you should follow on Instagram. Those are the people that you should keep in your life. People who make you feel good about yourself because you just want to feel good about yourself in life and life is hard enough, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, 
totally surround yourself as much as you can with that supportive community. <laughs> um, and I have to say, I have a family member that exclusively formula fed her babies and my family is very, you know, pro breastfeeding and majority does breastfeed. And I remember her saying, listen, I'm sorry to disappoint all of you family, but me and my siblings were all straight up formula fed. We were all valedictorians anyway. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly, exactly. hundred like, percent. Like, don't stress over the little details. Yeah. So, I mean, my takeaway also, my big takeaway from this is get the support and education as early as possible. Yes, 100%. Get it as early as possible. It will change your journey for the better. All right. Thank you, Tamari. Thanks, Judah, for behaving so well. Your little coos <laughs> definitely Judah. enhanced this interview. And it's yes. so cute to see you. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, Tamari, take care. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks for tuning into the Happy Birthway Podcast. Head over to Your Wedded Academy on Instagram to continue the conversation. You'll find the link in the episode show notes, as well as links to any additional resources, products, and services mentioned here. If you love listening to this show, you can help it grow by sharing it with your friends and rating and reviewing it. To stay in the loop when new episodes are released, make sure to subscribe. Remember that your health needs are unique and require individualized medical advice. The podcast is not a replacement and some of the information may not be appropriate for your specific circumstances. My mission is to educate you so that you can confidently collaborate with your healthcare team. I believe that a healthy mom and healthy baby are simply not enough. We also need a happy mom with an empowering birth experience.